right? So from last week, the, we saw that um, we are invited to the unity of the Spirit. And what we saw, what, what I shared last Sunday was that uh, the, the God in three persons, like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, exist in communion, in fellowship, in perfect unity. And that is our inspiration. That is our model, our goal. And just as the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, even though they're distinct from one another, and they have their own will, they have their own, uh, can we say, preferences and agency, and yet they submit to one another. They obey one another. They act for the joy and the will of one another. Uh, they act in such a way that they bring delight and joy and pleasure to one another. And now that communion that the, uh, God has uh, demonstrated is opened for us. And we are also invited to that table. We are also invited to share in the communion and the fellowship um, of, the, of the Spirit. And we are uh, invited to follow the way of, the, uh, of uh, the unity. Another way that theologians have talked about this dynamic, what's going on in the Trinity and what we are invited, is a Greek term called uh, perichoresis. And in simple words, um, they use the metaphor of a dance, right? A dance, uh, perichoresis, it's Greek for uh, essentially the, the idea that um, God, the three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, are synchronized and, you know, their wills are conjoined to one another. They are in perfect synchronization. So dance, I thought of Kaleith. And uh, the perichoresis comes from peri, around, and chorus, choreo comes from dance. The word comes, the word choreography comes from uh, this Greek root. Choreography, as we know, is to synchronize and to move in a way that is, um, you know, shares with one another. So Kaleith, like I remember Kaleith, we, we had Kaleith before the COVID-19 thing happened. People told me it's a simple dance. I don't know, like it's, I mean, I, I guess it's simple enough, but you know, we all know that there's a logic to it, right? There's a structure to it. There are steps that if you don't follow that steps, uh, it can be pretty dangerous when you're running around at top speed. Uh, there's a rhythm to it. There's a flow that must be followed in order to participate in the Kaleith dance. And I think that's, that's a, a nice metaphor to understand uh, what's going on in, uh, in, as we are invited to partake of the unity of the Holy Spirit, the unity of the Spirit. So this is what one, uh, um, one commentator says. Picture a circle, picture, picture a dance in which members join hands and slowly begin to spin around and each maintaining their own identity. But become inseparably part of the dance that is taking place. The triune God is an eternal circle dance of the Father, Son, and Spirit. And in this dance, the three divine persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, have loved one another and been in relationship with one another for all eternity. I think C.S. Lewis puts it better. And this is from Mere Christianity. He says, it matters more than, it's too small, I'm sorry about that. But this is what he says. It matters more than anything else in the world. The whole dance or drama or pattern of this three personal life is to be played out in each one of us. Or putting it the other way around, each one of us has got to enter that pattern to take his or her place in that dance. There is no other way to the happiness for which we were made. This is C.S. Lewis. He's saying that 
we are invited to join in the unity of the Spirit, to join in the dance, as it were, of the Spirit, the dance, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to follow the logic, to follow the pattern, the behavior, the steps, and the timing of God. I think that's what, in a way, is meant by follow Christ. To follow Christ is to pattern our life according to the rhythms, the behavior of God. So that is what we're invited to, to sit around the table, to dance, as it were, in the dance of God. And I think that's what we, we talk, that's what I mean when I, I refer to, um, this clicker is not working anymore. Just, yeah, just go ahead to the next slide. No. Okay, so God's gift and God's grace. Um, so what is God's gift and God's grace? It's not just gifts for gift's sake. God's gift and God's grace are given to us to enable us, who are his creation, to participate in the joy, the fellowship, and the communion of the triune God. God's grace is the grace to accept us in this communion. And I want to um, dwell a little bit more on this. Is it just to be embraced? Is it just to be accepted? Is it just to join the dance and to huddle by ourselves as insiders and to be part of the insiders and then just dance like for eternity, so to say? I think it's more than that. I think why the, the reason why Paul is uh, going on and on about mystery in chapter 3, I think it's because he's saying that the doors are open, right? The door is open. Others are also embraced as well. Others are also accepted as well. Grace has been given to us, yes, but grace and gifts also has been given to each one of us so that we can also participate in building other people up. Grace for the sake of others, not just grace and gifts for self-promotion or not just for building myself up, but grace for the sake of others. And I think, um, yeah, um, so this is grace, this grace is not just grace to be accepted, uh, but it's grace that has a responsibility to others. And I want to backtrack, there's a lot of words here, but this, these are all just Bible passages and I'll go through them very quickly. Just backtrack a little bit and reflect a bit more on the Trinity. In, when I was doing my master's, uh, one of my teacher uh, talks about this all the time, and he's, a, he's huge on Trinitarian theology and all of that. He always says there are two movements in the Trinity. It sounds very complicated, but it's quite simple, okay? There are two movements in the Trinity. There's one that gathers, and there's one that sends. And these two are happening at the same time, simultaneously, all the time. One way to think about it is centripetal force, like many of you are more uh, equipped in like science language, but centripetal force is the force that pulls something in. Centrifugal force is the force that pushes something out. So in a way, it's like the movements of the Trinity is such that there's a force that pulls, gathers us. There's a force that also, there's movement that also pushes us out. There's inward and there's outward. There's come to me and there's also go. Right. So if you look at the, uh, the left section of the text, these are all the texts that you are probably familiar with. And in these texts, Jesus and God says, come to me, gather to me. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
In John chapter 6, 37 says, Everyone whom the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to, to me I will never send away. Isaiah 1.18 in the Old Testament says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. Psalm 95 says, Come, let us worship and bow down. Isaiah 55 says, Come, all of you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Isaiah 55 verse 1. But we also know that if you look at scripture, there's also the sending go aspect, right? And I put a few verses on the right side. Luke chapter 1 verse 1, Jesus sent out his disciples in groups of twos to the villages and the towns. In Mark chapter 16 verse 15, Jesus said to them, Go unto all the world and preach the gospel to all the creation. In Matthew 10 7, he says, As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. John 20 21 says, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I will send, I also send you. John 17, 18, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the, into the world. So we see both gathering and going, gathering and scattering, receive and give. And I think this is very important for us to, to recognize um, as people who receive God's grace, that we are not only recipients, but we are invited to give and to, to give ourselves as well. So in, on, the, on the left side, in terms of gathering, we gather as God's family. We sit down as God's family. We join with the perichoruses, the dance, the unity of God. And as we do that, we receive God's gifts and God's grace to us. But at the same time, the, the other side also invites us to self-surrender, to give ourselves, to being given, to being sent, we being sent, and we being yeah, sent and given for the sake of others. In other words, we become the gifts of God to others. We don't just receive God's gifts and grace. We embody the gift of God to the people around us. So gathering and going come and go, gathering and scattering, gathering and sending. And I think, the, the, again, coming back to the Trinity, the three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, perfectly embodies these two movements, right? We remember that Jesus delights to gather, to come to the Lord, to the Father. The Bible tells us that he would rise up in the morning to be, to be in prayer, to be in communion with God. He, he desires to do the will. Like he literally said, my, my food is to do the will of the Father who sent me. He enjoys and he finds delight in gathering and in coming to God. But also we know that God sent Jesus as the, to be the sacrifice, to be the redemption for the world. Jesus gave himself, his own life away, his body, his will, his surrender, right? And Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is given to us. The Spirit gives life to us. The Father gives resurrection to Jesus. Jesus gives us resurrection through the Spirit. And, the, the, and so the dance coming and going, gathering and scattering, almost like a dance, this, uh, this is going on in the Trinity. And I think uh, as, as we are invited to participate in the life and the fellowship of the, Holy, of the Trinity, we are also invited to this 
this dynamic. And part of becoming like God, part of discipleship is, uh, well, the, the, the point of discipleship, I should, I should say, is to follow Christ, to move like Him, to synchronize ourselves along with the steps that He has demonstrated for us, to become like Him. And that means to be self-giving, like, like Jesus demonstrated, to be, to be given like Jesus was given. So, yes, God gives us gifts and grace, and we, we enjoy that as we gather, but God also sends us out. So we come and we receive God's grace and God, God's gifts, but we are also sent out to be the grace, to be the embodiment of gifts to those people around us. So I want to bring this to a practical reflection, just very briefly before I close. How do I embody the grace and the blessing of God to the world? And uh, as we reflect on this, I want you to uh, just flash the, uh, the passage here and just want you to scan through and see what you think. Reflect on what kind of gift am I? What kind of gift are you to the world and to, to the world that uh, God has put you in today? What kind of grace are we? If you look at this text, especially the, the ones that are marked in yellow, you might get the impression that you can be only a gift if you are doing churchy things like apostle, like, uh, you know, a prophets, teachers, evangelists. You might get the impression that to be the gift to the world, you have to do all this like ministry, churchy, preachy things. I don't think that's the case. If you read this more carefully, uh, I think there's more, more to being a gift and a, uh, and a grace, source of grace to others than what happens within the walls of the church. If you look carefully uh, at the, the tens in verse 11 and 12, in verse 11 he says, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers, and verse 12, to equip his people. I think Paul is saying here, Christ gave all these apostles, uh, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, and he, God has already given these people as gifts to us. But there's a purpose, there's a reason why he has given these gifts. And the reason is so that we, all of us, each one of us, will be equipped to serve. We'll be equipped for the ministry. I think this is, like, I'll be honest with you, this is one, one of my uh, favorite themes in the Bible, that ministry is poured out in the world, not just in church. Right? But ministry is important in, in the world, uh, in the most secular of places. And I think we see that here. Like God gives gifts to these people, to us, so that we are equipped, so that we can be sent out to serve. We can be sent out as gifts to the world. I, think, I don't think Paul is making normative claims, so to say. Saying that every church should have a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, and a teacher, and you know, an apostle. I think... I mean, we're just a handful of people. Every single one of us will have a role at that point. And I don't think that's, Paul is making a normative claim here. I think he's saying that in the scriptures, we have apostles, we have got prophets, we've got teachers. In, in our context, maybe in our church, we have got people who teach us, who, who shepherds us. And God gives us these people, not so that we can come and huddle here and uh, do churchy things, although that is very important, but also so that we can be sent out. We can be sent out and released into the world as God's gift to the world. And I think that is why we gather. 
That is why we gather Sunday after Sunday, right? That is why we listen to God's word. That's why we pray. That's why we worship. Because we gather and it's important to gather. It's important that we come and commune with God and enjoy the fellowship, uh, participate in the proverbial dance with God. And we relish the gifts of God the, the, that's given to us in scripture and in, uh, in the preaching and in the Bible study, all of that stuff. But that is to equip us the point of Paul's um, text here is that God gives these things so that we can be equipped for the roles that we have, and that is to be sent out beyond the church. That we become God's gift to the world beyond Sunday, beyond Jerusalem, beyond temples, beyond church, and beyond those who belong within these walls. I want to just give a small quick warning, not warning, uh, um, but I think you understand what I mean. If we neglect the sending part, if we neglect the, the second movement of the Trinity, which is the, the sending, the going part, there's a danger that we, we become, um, you know, we gather, we come together, we, we only gather. We enjoy, yes, we enjoy theological studies, we enjoy the Bible, we enjoy church ministry, we enjoy sermons, uh, we enjoy reading about the prophets and apostles, spend all of our time relishing, relishing them, but we remain there. We remain gathered. It's important for us to remember that we, are, we don't just gather, we are being sent out. And God gave, God, we need to remember that God gives us apostles, teachers, um, prophets, all of that, so that we are equipped to be sent out, to serve others as well. Because if you really think about it, out of the population in the, in, in the world, there's only a few percentage who fit the role of quote-unquote ministry, who fit the role, who can, there's only a few people who can participate in a church actively like this. And if God's ministry, God's work is only the church things, that is such a limiting thing, right? That, that only a few get to participate in this. But what, God, what Paul is saying here is that God's ministry, God's work, service, has been poured out in the world and that's where everybody anybody and everybody can participate in God's ministry God's gifts is given to be poured out for all the world the limits are broken again coming back to Paul's um, excitement about the mystery the mystery was that the limits are broken right? Christian ministry like godly ministry godly service is released into the world God's gift has been poured out to the world and we are God's gifts uh, and we say that with humility obviously but we are what God has given to the world to to bring that about uh, by his grace as he says in um, I think it's in verse in verse 12 and thir verse 13 he says until we all attain to the unity of the, of this unity of the faith and to, of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may yeah so he goes on and uh, in other words this, the, we see that the scope of what Christ is doing is not just church and not just the ministry but the world um, to fill the whole universe so let's let me just summarize uh, I just put a few of the thoughts uh, here so that uh, it's um, helpful for us to remember God's grace goes beyond granting us acceptance 
It goes beyond just accepting us. God does not simply just invite us to come and gather. He sends us out as well to bless others. God gives us people who equip us. And God also gives us to others to equip them, to serve them. And God has, in, uh, God has invited us, as, um, as Paul uh, puts it, to join us in the unity of the Spirit. And God has invited us to also participate in being uh, the grace of God, the gifts of God to the people around us. So in closing, I just want to invite you to a time of uh, reflection, a time of prayer. Uh, can we pause for a moment? And as I say these uh, three points, I just want you to think about it and say just maybe just a prayer of agreement, a prayer of amen in your heart as I say this prayer. In response, O oh Lord, help us to see those around us as your gift of grace to us in order to build up the body of Christ. Thank you for your grace and your gifts of people around us. Pray that we would be ever attentive and open and receptive to their ministry towards us. In response, let us also help us also to see ourselves as given by you to build up the fellowship of believers. We want to recommit to loving those around us, to take efforts to build them up in their communion with you. In response, help us to also see ourselves wherever we find ourselves in the world today as your gift to the world. We pray that we will serve and minister to the world just as if we are serving God yourself. We pray that you'll help us to embody your grace and your gift to the world in which you have put us today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.